What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 176 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, joined, as always, by a star of the Disney Sus original program, Wreck Hole, where he plays the villainous Wilson Fist. It's the phenomenal A.J. Singh. What's up, everybody? How's it going? <laughs> now, A.J., we're a little late with the podcast this week, but it at least gave us a chance, as I alluded to, to watch Echo and uh, review it here. So I, I guess we'll start with our, our Echo review and then see what we have time for later on. Um, so for anyone who hasn't watched our reviews, usually what we do first is like a overall thoughts, spoiler-free type of thing, and then we'll go into a, a more detailed breakdown. Now, usually I will, if it's a week-to-week show, I will usually like take my own notes and to kind of go super in depth because these all dropped at once. I didn't do that. So we'll, we'll talk more generally, I guess. Um, uh, but we will still get into some spoilery stuff as well. So AJ, I'm curious your off the top thoughts about this show, because for me, I'll, I'll say this, it was better than I thought it would be because I thought it would be bad. And in the end, I think it was just okay. And so I guess in that way, it surpassed my expectations. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. Like, uh, I was when I heard about the show, I was like, "Why are they even making it?" You know, I was very skeptical. I thought it was just a cash grab. Um, after watching it, I think it was like as good as it could have been for what the character was. Probably, you know, like uh, they added some depth, some backstory, uh, and you know, I like the villain. You know, Wilson Fisk. Like, he's a fun character to watch. So, I think having him in anything elevates it. So, yeah, it was it was better than I thought it'd be. Yeah, I would say just like in the Netflix Daredevil show, like Kingpin uh, is the highlight uh, of this show, probably. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still glad, like, like I, uh, we've talked about Hawkeye on this show and how I kind of hated how he was used in Hawkeye. I think mm-hmm. he came off better in this show. He did, he at least didn't do anything as kind of as silly and over the top as he did in Hawkeye. Um, I will say you and I talked about this a little bit off camera, one thing that I noticed of the show that I thought was very strange is um, it, at points it was like, you know how like uh, on streaming when you watch a show that was made for TV and commercial breaks, how sometimes yeah. there's like very abrupt cuts to where you know where, oh, that's where the commercial would have been. This yeah. show, even though it was made for streaming, has those type of cuts in it, which I found very strange, which I, I know yeah. streamers are like kind of going back to the TV model and having a lot, like a lot more of them are having like, Oh, pay less per month, but ad supported. So like, but, but still, I just thought it was strange uh, how abrupt some of the, the cuts were in this. You noticed that too, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, every time it kind of stood out, it was kind of weird. It was like watching an old MacGyver episode or something on like streaming services. Or something. It so. was, it really was. I thought that was very, a very bizarre choice. And that's another thing yeah. like about this show is, um, and I think this is okay given like what the show is. It definitely felt like it had a lower budget than any other Marvel show, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, and and I think given that it's just a kind of a street level character, I'm I'm fine with that. Um, there were a few points uh, that I guess we can get into in spoilers where I'm like, um, you know, oh, it looked like they were trying to save money in this scene. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, overall, um, God, without getting into spoilers, there's one aspect of the show that I I, I didn't like. Um, and uh, But overall, like, I can't complain too much. Like I said, I, I thought this show was going to be bad. And in the end, like, I think it's it's fine. Like, and I don't I don't think it wears out its welcome. It's only five episodes. I think most of the episodes are around forty minutes, so it's not like a terrible time commitment or anything either. Yeah, that first episode was kind of long though. That uh, it seemed like it was the longest episode. It probably I, uh, was. Yeah, I, I was definitely um, glad when it ended. You know, it seemed to drag <laughs> on a little too long. But then after the first episode, I felt like the the next few episodes like really changed the pace up too. Like with the style of the show, like she she left, you know, the area she was in and went to a new area and like there was more story there. So it kind of became like a whole different uh, tone after that first episode. I will say that for the show, like I do wonder how jarring it is for people who didn't see her in Hawkeye because like they do like a flashback to the events of Hawkeye and like her, uh, you know, seeing her dad killed and like 
Hawkeye talking to her. And so like we have that background knowledge, but if someone is watching this fresh, like I, I get that they would still get like the general idea of what happened. But at the same time, I think they would feel like this seems weird. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I think this might be a bit jarring for people who did not see her, her kind of role in Hawkeye. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but at the same time, they did need to kind of, I think show us that to at least a certain extent and kind of remind the audience and everything. So yeah, I, I don't sure. have a big need, problem with it. You need the backstory with what happened with Fisk and everything. That's a huge part of the show. Yeah. Um, Fisk, our, uh, once again, he comes off as like a su- superhuman. He always is like, he's just a big fat guy, but he can withstand <laughs> basically anything and survive. <laughs> Yeah, I will say, I mean, that's the thing that really bothered me about that last episode of Hawkeye was he was, like, surviving things that he could really only do as a as a superhuman. And I don't like him being, like, a superhuman. I just like him to be, like, you know, a big guy that, you know, uses intimidation to get what he wants. Um, and, yeah, he was still physical in this show, I guess. And he did survive somehow a shot to the eye, <laughs> like... I, they did, like, go back to his old personality from Daredevil, like, where he's more, like, you know, there's more subterfuge, there's more um, manipulation. He uh, he recalls his past, which was very in line with what we saw in the old Daredevil show, it seems like. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I think they're they're going back to that type of Wilson Fisk. Yeah, I was, that's why I liked his portrayal in this show better than Daredevil, is it seemed mm-hmm. like, it seemed like it was at least a half measure between... Um, what we got in Hawkeye and what we got in that original uh, uh, Netflix Daredevil show. So it seemed it seemed closer, at least, to the Daredevil show, which I liked. Yeah. Um, oh, I did hear. Um, I don't think it's like confirmed yet, but it, um, now that they're reworking the Daredevil show, I think they're going to get um, the the actors that played Foggy Nelson and Karen Page from that show like into the new one. Oh, that's great. I love yeah. that cast. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, I really, especially the, I think her name's like Deborah Ann Wall, the the yeah. woman that plays uh, Karen Page. I think she's actually really good. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she was in that game God of War, too. She played uh, Kratos' wife, Faye. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so before we get into spoilers, um, I'm curious, what would your score out of 1 to 10 be for this show? You know... I feel like I need to go back and look at my old scores for different stuff because I, I might have given like two high scores for other things. But <laughs> if I'm just starting from scratch, I'd give this like a six out of ten. I'm right. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think it's six out of ten. I think it's it's not the best thing. It's not the worst thing. But uh, yeah. given that I was not, I was almost dreading watching this show. Like I thought it was going to be like super. Maybe it's it's going in with low expectations is sometimes good. And then I was like. Yeah. It was okay it was okay and it's an easy watch it's, it's a relatively quick watch um so uh uh yeah i, I would say it's a, a recommend but not in like an enthusiastic recommend okay with that said aj should we go into spoiler territory let's do it okay so i want to start with the thing i think i like the least about this um which is kind of the supernatural element of her getting actual superpowers so your least uh, exciting part of the okay yeah yeah I don't like it because I liked it ostensibly she's a street level character and like you know her strength comes from her fighting a bit yeah and so what we find out is that she eventually gets this power that's like connected to her ancestors and like basically in times of need like her hands start to glow and she gets really strong and all this kind of stuff yeah she's basically a superhuman like or super powered. Yeah. And I didn't like that. <clears throat> and and like, I will say, even though I've read a ton of comics and a lot of Daredevil comics, I've never read um, like her s- story in the comics. Right. And so I was wondering if this was the comics. And then I saw somebody post on Twitter <clears throat> that in the comics, her name is Echo because she's basically like Taskmaster and like she can mimic like basically anything she sees, copy other people's fighting abilities and stuff like that. And that's why she's called Echo. Yeah. And uh, I looked up the character on Wikipedia as well. And that's what it said. So to me, that's much cooler than this, just kind of supernatural deus ex machina. Let's give her powers to get her out of jam type yeah, of stuff. Yeah. 
And, and their whole thing was like, oh, it's called Echo because you feel the echoes of your ancestors, basically. But oh, okay. I don't know. That whole storyline, I just didn't – it didn't jive with me. I don't know what you think. I mean, I, I appreciate – like, I don't know if that's like um... – I imagine like Marvel tried to like stay true to like the culture of the uh, the what were the Chakta people? Yeah. So maybe maybe we learned a little bit about like their you know beliefs and like what their uh, you know religion or what their you know system is their culture. And if that's the case, that's cool. I, I like learning about that stuff. But if you know like uh, besides learning about the culture and you know seeing that portrayed on the show, like. I don't know how much like having it intertwined with powers and giving it to her and making it like, you know, yeah, that that was kind of like a reach for me. I I think she was fine without powers. You know, she was a she was like Hawkeye or Daredevil, you know, like street level person. Like You don't need to give her powers. But um, I mean, now she has them. And I guess you just have to have powers in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. The other thing I wonder is like, how much are they going to use her going forward? I could see your mate making like a guest appearance in the daredevil show something like that but my guess is they probably are not going to use her to a large degree maybe i'm wrong maybe they'll maybe she'll heal a very important character in secret wars or something you know maybe she'll use her healing powers to bring somebody back from almost the grave you know i don't know you know even though i said i liked the show decently i don't think i would want a season two of this show like i would be okay seeing her in other shows but i don't think i, yeah. I need to echo season two Right, right. I, I, I would have definitely would rather have seen like WandaVision season two. You know, even though it's great the way it happened. I, right. You know, that's that was a, a very fun to watch show, and I was excited about watching it. But uh, this was like, um, I was I, I was hemming and hawing for the first episode. You know, I was like, gosh, I, I wasn't really excited. I, I was kind of like barely getting through the first episode. But then you know it did pick up. It got better. But um, I, I've I'm not you know clamoring for more. So, yeah, I will say that in that first episode, we get that fight scene where uh, Daredevil shows up. And I actually thought that was done yeah. decently. Yeah, that was, that was cool. And I liked I, him whenever, showing up. I think Daredevil is just one of those characters that, you know, because he was done so well recently in, in the Netflix show, uh, he just brings like good vibes to any show he's in. <laughs> Except for She-Hulk, which they totally made a you know weird decision there. That him. was very strange, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I just get, I just like seeing Daredevil on screen. So I remember when he was in Spider-Man, I was like, that was awesome. I like seeing him, even for a second, you know, like even though he wasn't in costume, it was just fun to watch. So uh, yeah, I just like the character, I like Charlie Cox. You know, I'm glad he's still playing him, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, what, one thing I thought was a little bit weird is so she goes back to her hometown. And, like, we find out that, like, which is in, like, Oklahoma, so far away from New York City where, like, you know, the kingpin reigns supreme. But he just conveniently has, like, his own, like, company in, like, uh, Oklahoma, like, on their, like, reservation or whatever. You know what I mean? I just thought that was convenient and weird. Yeah, and they're all, like, pretty much intertwined with kingpin's operations. Like, you know, everybody she talks to, like, is aware of him, has worked for him. It's like... What is this Oklahoma to New York pipeline straight into like the uh, underworld of Kingpin? Like, is he recruiting from this small town? Is that what he's doing? Is he just going to middle America and just looking for native tribes to <laughs> recruit or something? It was weird. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of him being like, you know, the Kingpin of New York. Maybe he would move into like New Jersey and like the surrounding like northeastern areas. But I don't know. I don't like the idea of him having like his tendrils in like every part of America, including like this you know, small town in the middle of nowhere. It just didn't make sense to me. It was just kind of a convenient thing to to make it more personal to, like, her family or whatever. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, another thing I, I didn't really like is, okay, so she goes back to her hometown, and I guess she, she thinks she's only going to be there a couple days or whatever. So she, well, first of all, she meets that Biscuits guy, which, what did you think of Biscuits? Was that the guy uh, who, um, which one was he? He's the guy with the dog that, like, helps her out it, oh in the truck yeah, yeah in okay. the truck. Um, they don't really show him that much they just kind of for like a little bit of a one episode he's kind of a, a helpful character by the way I is, he, he, is like, he native american i think so i think everybody in that town is pretty much native american. it's like a reservation i think not sure that's what i see he probably is he just he, he looks whiter than most of them yeah um i think he was like a com comic relief type character like 
you know, a little bumbling kind of stumbling, yeah. good-hearted person. And uh, there's always one of those in every show, you know, like they just, there's a mixed cast. And uh, he was okay. I, I didn't have any negative feelings towards him. I just thought he was, they just kind of thrown in there. Yeah, he was okay. And and she also meets up with her, I think he's like her uncle, the guy that owns like the the roller rink. And he's also like tied up with the mafia and like the kingpin, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. He seems like he's like the um, uh, protector of the town sort of thing. Yeah, something like that. Like he owns, I think he like manages Wilson Fisk's like business in that town or something like yeah. along those lines. But okay, so she talks to them, but he, like she's very clear, like, you know, don't let anyone else know that I'm in town. And especially Bonnie, like my cousin who I was close to as a kid. And like, I never they make it, that. What, what was the deal there? That's the thing I'm getting at is it's just, it's like that thing we hated in the Marvels where they manufacture this drama of like, oh, why didn't you talk to me more? Why didn't you like, you know, that sort of thing. Like you promised you would talk to me or come back or whatever. It, and they just manufacture this drama. It's just like the Marvels. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's uh, it seems really silly, man. Like uh, I don't understand this. Uh, you know, there was there was a show I used to watch called The uh, Supernatural. You probably heard of it. Oh, it right, lasted, right. Like, 15 seasons, and right. it felt like at it felt like every other episode there was just some BS drama. Like they just had to force some like you know soap opera kind of like drama into it just to add to like you know whatever you know emotion they could add to the show like whatever you know uh gravity they could add to it and uh i think that's what they were doing here because this was so ridiculous you're telling me in the day and age like she even mentioned she contacted she reached out to her in so many ways and she 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 doesn't even respond to that she's like people just grow apart that happens i'm like what yeah. what is this is so stupid <laughs> it is really stupid because they harp on it a couple of times like i think more than one person tells her like Oh, if Bonnie finds out you were here and didn't see her, like she's gonna be mad. And then when they finally do meet up, it's not like it's a like a big like thing, really. It, yeah. It's just it, it seemed like a, a just manufactured drama that never paid off. And I was just like, ugh, less she of this. She ghosted Bonnie. Okay, she ghosted yeah. Bonnie. That's the big drama. Like, oh come on, man. People ghost each other all the time. <laughs> and then the basically they have the other drama which is like the grandmother ghosted her and so the, oh. they have their conflict because of that and it's like oh my god so whoever wrote this show really doesn't like being ghosted like that's what it, comes down <laughs> that's what it seems like yeah <laughs> so that kind of stuff i i felt like uh it just seemed like needless really um yeah um oh so there's i think it's like maybe episode three they have that whole thing where her and bonnie get kidnapped at the roller rink and, um, well, first of all, I thought it was weird. She, like, um, remember, she, like, MacGyver's that thing that can, like, shoot projectiles. I don't even know what oh, it yeah. is. But she, yeah. like, so I thought that was weird. But then um, there's a scene where, like, she finally does get loose and, like, she shuts off the lights. And I thought it was funny because, like, the, the bad guys go in the back room and she's, like, kind of, like, sneaking up on him and taking him out. But it all looked like the same set just shot from, like, slightly different angles that's what i was talking alluding to <laughs> earlier the like it, they didn't have a lot of money and they had to like shoot this action scene but it seemed like it was all in the same room and just like they use like slightly different camera angles to cover the fact that it was like all in the same room you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean they they, they made the choices you know i mean there's a reason they weren't shooting this in new york city like it was like a middle of nowhere with like mostly the skating rink being like the a large portion of the uh, the scenery for well, most of one or two episodes. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, they were limited with sets regardless. <laughs> that is true. They did keep using that roller rink set quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess uh, they didn't have a lot of major action scenes. I guess they had the whole like train thing where she plants. <laughs> I thought it was so she she gets on this train and she like. Uh, plants a bomb on that package she knows they're going to take back to new york or whatever and open but i thought it was funny because it's like a small bomb but it blows up like a gigantic building like all yeah, like, yeah. and this like long building and it just like blows out every single window in it and i'm like boy she really knows how to make a bomb yeah i also didn't understand who she was going after like 
who was she targeting? I thought she thought Fisk was dead. So was she trying to take down his operation after he she killed him, or what was going on there? Yeah, I mean that's the feeling I get is she was trying to take down their operation. Um, but also whether she knows he's dead or not, like they've been coming after her because like when she gets there, like she's been shot in like the side oh, right, by yeah. somebody. So like uh, she's fighting with them, I guess, regardless. Mm-hmm. But also like like it doesn't <laughs> like she shoots Kingpin in the eye. Does she not? She, why not shoot him a couple more times just to make sure he's dead? You know what I mean? She could have saved herself a lot of drama. It's the easiest choice to make. Like, it doesn't make any sense why they wouldn't do it. Like, if you're going to kill somebody, kill them. Per- like, uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Just plot, plot purposes. You know, a couple times, like, when Kingpin took off his, um, like, eye bandage, I thought they were going to give him, like, a cybernetic eye or something. <laughs> like, uh, something weird like that, you know what I mean? He's got the tech for it, apparently. Yeah, he's got the, uh, like, the contact lens, uh, you know, interpret sign language uh thing which i guess is a cool technology that was a cool thing for the show yeah yeah um i gotta say her her family is is pretty nice they all uh learn sign language for her i mean well her mom i think was also uh deaf so like her they already had like that in their history also like with the whole like um inheriting of powers like her mom had like a healing power but it seems like some of her other ancestors had like the more like, oh, I'm like Superwoman for a couple seconds power. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think we're going to see more obscure stuff come out in the future, perhaps, if we see her more of her. Yeah. You know, something I also didn't really care for is like she's just learning about this power <clears throat> and she's only used it like, you know, briefly once or twice. But in that last episode, she for some oh. reason knows that she can share it with her other family, like women and her, like Bonnie and her grandmother. Oh, yeah. Like also like between this show and Blue Beetle, can we put a moratorium on grandmothers like fighting bad guys? Oh man, like I don't know who's uh who's who's funny bone that tickles. Like I don't know who's going after that and like just busting a gut to grandmas fighting in superhero movies, but um I guess there's an audience for it. I don't know. I know some people don't like the whole damsel in distress thing, but if an 80-year-old feeble woman can't be a, like a, a damsel in distress, nobody can. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's just silly to see. I don't know. I, I wish that's something I hope the, the, they can uh, stop doing going forward. Um, trying to think. Oh, AJ, did you happen to watch um, the the last episode did have a uh, uh, after credits stinger. Did you happen to watch oh, that? No, I was ready to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically Wilson Fisk watching TV, and mm-hmm. he sees that uh, commercial saying that like um, uh, basically there's a the mayoral race in New York is going on, and like one of the pundits is like it still seems like some anybody's game, like an outsider could come in and win this whole thing. So like. most likely for the daredevil show uh they're gonna follow what they've done in the comics recently and he's gonna become mayor of new york city it seems like like uh even the uh netflix show i think wasn't he running for mayor or something (sighs) it's been a while since i watched those i don't remember him doing that but they could have alluded to it there as well i don't remember yeah it's in line with this character (laughs) yeah 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 i'm okay with them doing that um Mm -hmm. but it adds a complexity how do you beat up the mayor? <laughs> oh, you, you know what I also thought was funny? So there's that episode where he like sits her down to, you know, have dinner with him or whatever. And she pours the wine down the sink. And I've never seen a Shasta Cola like uh, product placement in a television yeah, show. Yeah, Shasta really. Uh, okay, good for them. They <laughs> for- wrangled up the bucks for the, for the Echo Show. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, Shasta Cola forking out the big bucks for for advertising. <laughs> um, trying to think if there's anything else uh, worthy of touching on. Oh, we got biscuits in the monster truck taking out the bad guys in the in the last episode. There was that weird dilemma she had, like where um she like Wilson Fisk off offers her like to make her like the queen pin, like you know his right hand man or whatever, like his partner in crime. And she considers it. And I was like, she really seriously considered it. And it was just a huge, like, uh, it was a huge turn from, you know, what I expected her to react with. Like, 
she wanted to kill him so badly. He killed her father. You know, he's he's ruined her town, messed up her, you know, community. And like here she is like having a conversation with somebody else like you don't think I can do it or whatever. Like that's such a weird way she went into that. Like I I I thought she would definitely be like maybe she'd play the part like she's interested just to stay alive for a little longer so she can come up with a plan, but she really did consider that turn. That was kind of weird to me. Also, she could have easily killed him again, and she didn't. Which yeah, that's true, she's, too. Yeah. And, I, I mean, they tell her that, tell us, the audience, that she killed, like, a bunch of people when she worked for him. So it's, like, it's not like she hasn't done it before. Yeah. You know, actually, one thing that I think would have been, like, interesting, an interesting choice that could have went with, that could have led in possibly to her having an expanded role in Daredevil is, like, it would have been cool maybe if, like, um, King Pin basically threatened her family if she didn't become Queen Pin and, like, work yeah. under him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe she takes that position just to, like, plot against him in the future. Yeah. True. Um, True. That could have been interesting. Um, you know, another thing is, like, her grandmother, like, makes the costume for her and she finds it. And, like... I was okay with it, but on the other hand, like she's a character that doesn't even really need a costume. But I, right, I guess it's yeah. I guess it's okay that she gets it, but and it looked okay. But yeah, I didn't really care for the costume. It, I guess I just I've never seen her character in the comics or anything, so I don't know yeah, anything about me it. Either. But, uh, does everybody need a costume? Like, can't somebody just be like normally dressed, like just doing their own thing? You know, like I wouldn't mind somebody being normal. You know, just being a hero but actually being normal. I guess Luke Cage is kind of like that. But Luke Cage, he has he has powers. Like this yeah. girl didn't have powers. She didn't have a costume. She was just a person. She was deaf. She was you know, uh, she had like a, a setback, right? You know, she was she was fighting upward. Like she was you know fighting people who were in in a position of normalcy while she was like you know in a different position. And uh, like you know, instead they make her stronger than other people in that way and more capable. You know, like I don't know. I, I would have rather she like figured out how to do it on her own. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but I thought they did a decent job with, like, all the whole her being deaf sign language stuff. But, yeah, yeah, I just, I just, um, I would have rather her, you know, be, I like her powerful without the uh, actual superpowers, I guess, is just my big thing. Is like, Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if, I mean, you can say it's kind of a superpower. Like I said, I guess in the comics, she, like, is really good at like, you know, mimic, mimicking other people and like picking up on their fighting styles, which I guess is kind of a superpower, but also maybe just, but also doesn't necessarily have to be a superpower. It can just be her like being very good in that way. I mean, it's like Daredevil, you know, one sense goes away and the other five senses can be be heightened, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. You use them to your strength. So what was a weakness becomes a strength, right? Yeah. And I guess she does kind of make a good foil for Daredevil devil in that way where like you know he's blind and all his other you know he's got really good hearing and maybe she could be the opposite where like she's deaf but like her eyesight's like really good or you know her (laughs) other senses i guess yeah um trying to think if there's anything else we didn't talk about in this show that would be worth uh uh touching on um oh like i also thought it was weird that like so there's a the train scene where she loses her prosthetic leg or it gets damaged in the train coupling. And like her grandfather, like eventually makes her that new one. And like, he makes it like, like a golden plate type of thing that I guess is supposed to be like a, have a, like a tribal symbol or something on it. Is that what it was? Which I don't know. It was okay, I guess, but um, I guess it gives her like more of a costume too, in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, AJ, any final thoughts before we, we move on? Uh, I You know, I'm not super excited about the character. Um, the writing was better than I expected. I hope Daredevil uh, is is this on steroids, you know, like much better. I, right. I, I just am partial to the character anyway. I've seen good writing for that character before, so I'm, I'm expecting it to be good. And, uh, you know, seeing that Marvel's doing revisions and going back to the drawing board is good. So I actually think this show gives me more hope for Daredevil. Um probably different teams writing it i don't know but yeah i mean i wouldn't mind her you know being used in an episode of daredevil maybe she's you know 
she comes across Daredevil's path and they work together or something, you know, whatever the case might be. Yeah, I'd be uh, okay with her having a, you know, a cameo role in, in Daredevil. Yeah. So, uh, you know, she, I'm, I'm okay with the character. I don't mind seeing her in the future in smaller, you know, roles, like less to a lesser capacity. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think they did a terrible job and uh, they beat my expectations. So, yeah, I, I think they're they're doing better. Marvel's stepping their game up a little bit here. Now, this did have like the this was the first Marvel show to have the Marvel spotlight banner. And I believe they say that means that, like, you're basically supposed to be able to watch this in a vacuum and it won't have effects on um, other shows. But, like, you would think that it would, you know, at least uh, if she's not in it, Kingpin's going to be in Daredevil. And, like, it kind of is a lead in with the whole, like, um, you know, him seeing that he can run for mayor of New York. I mean, I guess it's not a huge connection or anything, but it's some, it's something. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, it just depends on how they write it, you know. Yeah, I think you're right, though. If they do go down that path of him going to becoming mayor, it's not a huge deal, though, because it's just like a little stinger at the end of the uh, series. Uh, I think it's pretty much to promote what he's going to do in Daredevil anyway. So, I mean, you know, it, it's probably not the biggest connection, really, but unless they, like, you know, really talk about, like, his past and, like, his... Uh, his dealings with like you know Oklahoma and small towns and stuff like that, uh, his his network and how how far it stretches out. Who knows? But uh, yeah, we'll see what they write about him. All right, guys. So that is our review of Echo. Um, consensus is it's okay. Um, not a big time commitment. So um, if you, uh, well, I was gonna say if you like the character in Hawkeye, maybe watch it here. But she didn't even really make that big of an impression impression in the hawkeye series so i guess i can't say that but yeah she's way uh, more likable here yeah i, I agree yeah. and what's the actress's name alakwa cox something like that oh, i haven't yeah. looked it up i don't think i've ever seen her in any, anything else but then again i think she is uh hearing impaired in real life so i okay. you know might be tough for her to get like you know a ton of roles that being the case but you know, yeah. she fits in here i thought she did a good job overall yeah yeah i mean uh i definitely had to like pay more attention to the show because a lot of it was sign language. So you had to read right. the uh, subtitles uh, as opposed to like, you know, me watching other stuff and like, uh, you know, reading other stuff and like hearing the show in the background. So that was a change of pace for me. I've uh, in, in the past few years, just because I, I feel like a lot of shows and movies have bad sound mixing. I'll actually, a lot of times, even in English movies, throw on the subtitles just to, you know, in, in case there's bad sound, I can like you know make sure I'm picking up on everything. Yeah, I think uh, I think it has to do with like uh, the audio settings with these DVDs and like these streaming services. Like, I think they're expecting you to have like 5.1 Dolby surround sound speakers or something. Like that could be true. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's like I got this one little sound bar, and when it's quiet, it's super quiet. When it's loud, it's super loud. Like, yeah, there's no middle ground. It feels like. Yeah. There. There's the those things mixed where like the dialogue's all soft and then but you don't want to like really crank it up because then when an action scene or music scene comes on it'll be like, you know, insanely Yeah. Okay, moving on from Echo, AJ, have you been watching anything else? I did. I watched uh, Rick and Morty the seventh season. Oh wow, they're up to seven seasons already. How how yeah, is that? Yeah. You know, I felt like uh, I don't know if I was just hearing it, you know, like out there in the ether about how like the quality of the the show dropped off um the first couple episodes were okay but i thought the quality was there you know i, I thought it picked up and uh it was fun watching it i really enjoy the uh, evil morty character uh he, he he makes a comeback in this one and uh yeah i mean all in all i thought the it was still fun to watch people like to give rick and morty too much credit for being like super highbrow or like very intelligent right, right. Uh, i don't think it's any of that you know i think it's just funny um yeah i mean i, I enjoyed it so i'm looking forward to season eight. i also watched a uh, season 10 or 11 of futurama oh okay uh, that was good too um first few first couple episodes were kind of like poking fun at how they got canceled and other stuff like that from the past and then it you know picks up from there so i mean kind of the same thing with rick and morty in a way like uh only what's amazing about these shows is like i think uh what Rick and Morty takes like a year off or two years off in between seasons, which is pretty long. And uh, Futurama took like, what, 15 years off? <laughs> Man, yeah, Futurama's had a really weird publishing 
schedule because you know it originally came out and they went for a couple years and then it was canceled and there was a big break and then they did like those like uh, at the time straight to like dvd like releases and i think that got enough people interested in that they did uh, like a reboot and then there was also some time in between though you know so it's been a very sporadic like show yeah yeah but it's hung um, I mean, in there. I think it's it's just like Rick and Morty. It's it's smarter than like you know a dumb blah comedy. Uh, it's not really like the, the smartest show ever or anything like that. But it's smarter than most cartoon shows, right? Yeah. And uh, it's it's just a fun watch. I enjoy the humor. So yeah, Rick and Morty and uh, Futurama. I'd recommend both of those. You know, I don't know who writes Futurama these days, but I know in like the early like seasons, like they say that it had like one of the smartest writer's room of all time like you know people like a bunch of like harvard graduates and like just like really smart people yeah same with the simpsons yeah Yeah. um oh i was curious so uh i know uh justin roiland who was the voice of rick and morty you know he got allegations of like domestic abuse or whatever and so they dropped him from the show is Mm -hmm. it very noticeable that they're they have different voice actors now not at all i didn't even remember that until you just said that okay well that's a good thing um man that's a show these cartoons man the successful ones they just like go on like it like i watch i, I want to say i watched the first two seasons of rick and morty and then maybe a couple episodes into season three and then i got sidetracked and i haven't been back and now it's like you tell me there's seven seasons i'm like oh now i'll probably never get <laughs> caught I up know, on sometimes it becomes too daunting that's how it I does the boys yeah it does happen when a show's too successful and like you don't get on it from day one and then seasons just stack up and stack up and it's like, well, now I feel like I can never watch it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, people tell me that they're jealous because they get I get to watch it for the first time and there's so much to watch. But for me, it's like, uh, man, that's this huge commitment right there. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, I know there's a ton of great shows I haven't watched, but the, it is a thing when I see like, boy, it's that many seasons, that many hours. That sounds tough. Yeah. Especially if it's like one of those old school shows that had like 22 episodes a season or something like that. Then it's like really daunting. Oh, yeah. Only show that I did enjoy watching in that format was uh, iZombie. That was one that I, I totally enjoyed catching up on. I, I I think the first episode did a really good, you know, uh, job of setting up the show. It was fun. It was it was cool. It introduced all the characters in a cool way. Like, yeah, it, it was a good good show for me. Yeah, I've never watched that. Like, I'm aware of it, but I've never, never sat down. It, but it's also shows to where I'm like, boy, five seasons or whatever, like yeah. multiple, like a lot of episodes. I'm partial to shows from the Pacific Northwest. You know, we, we live out here in the Pacific Northwest. So, like, I guess I just like seeing, sh- I'm like a homer in that way, you know. Oh, look, I live <laughs> there. That's that's me. Like, I, that's my environment. <laughs> so, like, I zombies, like in the Pacific Northwest? It's in Seattle, yeah. Seattle, okay. Yeah. Uh, what have I been watching? Um, so each week I'm still getting the old Reacher round, watching season two of Reacher. Um, <laughs> it's a fun show. Uh, I will say, like the some of the action scenes, like they're not bad, but it's another thing where, like, like um, I feel like we're so spoiled with John Wick that when you mm-hmm. see a, a, a just a kind of a regular action scene that where the choreography is not that tight, you're like. I kind of wish this was John Wickish. You know what I mean? Not I that get that's it. Fair. I get it. You know, I watched a video by Morse Critical, and uh, he he did the exact. He covered that in a segment. He was like, you know, they showed like a, a I guess it's like a circulating scene from Reacher where he's like helping save a dog from this abusive owner, and he's like, you know, you expect this to be like a cool John Wick type fight scene, and it's just kind of like bland and blah <laughs> and lame. He just punches the guy in the face or whatever, like. Yeah, I, I I totally get it. <laughs> and John Wick did spoil us. Like, I feel like Jackie Chan and John Wick, like they just did action differently. You know, like now yeah. everything is just hard to keep up with. Like, you have to elevate your your choreography. But I still am enjoying Reacher. It's a show I would totally recommend people watch. And apparently, a lot of like, people are watching it. I, I I've I've met a few people who have told me about it. Yeah. Apparently, it's like Amazon's like. I think number one show, like it's I a big it. hit and they've already greenlit season three. So, so yeah, people are loving it. Um, I've also been watching um, uh, more each week, uh, season five of Fargo and man, AJ, I got to tell you, it's been a great season. This show, there's only one episode left. So like, hopefully it doesn't like crap the bed or anything, but man, so far 
fantastic season. It's really good. Season season what? This is season five. Wow, season five, still keeping it strong. Yeah, right. it's it's great, man. It's really good. Um, I also watched a couple movies. Uh, so I watched on Hulu The Creator, okay. which is a movie that came out like last, maybe late summer, early fall last year. And it's it's a movie I actually thought about watching in in the theater. And after watching it, I'm actually kind of sad I didn't watch it in the theater because it was actually really good. I really liked it. And I don't think it did particularly well in theaters. And now that I've watched it, I'm like, oh, I kind of wish I would have contributed, you know, my little bit to the box office because it's actually uh, pretty good. So the concept of the film is like it takes place sometime in the future. I don't remember exactly how far. And like people develop AI. And at first it's going like really well, basically. AI is being integrated into society and like becoming a part of people's lives. Uh, but then at some point, uh, the AI uh, ignite an atomic bomb in Los Angeles. So now the United States is very against AI. But over in Asia, the people still believe in AI and are still like developing and, and allowing. And, and in a part of them like kind of believe it's like they have their own autonomy and, and kind of life of their own. So they're allowing AI to exist. And so now the U.S. is like... Um, we're going to take the war to AI in uh, in Asia. And they basically developed this uh, basically huge drone system um, to kind of help help them. And so like the lead character is uh, John David Washington, who's Denzel Washington's son. Mm-hmm. He's like the lead guy. And um, well, I don't want to spoil too much, but basically um, – in, early on in the movie, he's on, on a mission over there, undercover, and he falls in love with this this woman. Um, and then, boy, I'm, I'm thinking, like, I want to be careful. I don't want to spoil too much. Basically, something bad happened. And then years later, the government gets him to go back in there after this AI. And when he gets there, the AI turns out to be, like, this um, this little girl and, like, he, it ends up kind of being a, a lone wolf and cub type of story where he's like taking care of this AI girl and like, and uh, so I don't want to give away too much because I, I actually don't want to spoil this movie. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's good sci-fi. Um, it, I, I ended up really liking it and um, it actually, honestly, it looks really good too. Like a lot of the effects um, are, are, are really good. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for an original, like, um, Sci-fi film, the creator, man. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I might have checked it out. Um, so the next one, uh, I actually, AJ, I thought this was an Indian film. It actually turned out to be a film about uh, Pakistani characters, mm-hmm. um, but it's called Polite Society. Um, and this is a movie I remember seeing tra- trailers for, like in the theater for like ahead of another movie we were watching. Mm-hmm. Um and then I never heard anything about it. But then I, I, I sometimes listen to podcasts about movies and like some people were putting this on their top 10 list. So I decided to try it. It's also on Amazon Prime. Um, but it's basically this comedy of this uh, Pakistani girl that's like she's probably like a teenager. And then she's got an older sister who's probably like uh, in her like early to mid 20s, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, her sister um, gets engaged to this guy and like she doesn't like this guy. So she's basically trying to spoil their relationship. Mm-hmm. But also what's weird is like, um, so she's like trying to uh, be a, she, her goal in life is to become a stunt woman. And so she's like very into like martial arts and stuff. And so this movie mm-hmm. at points has like very like stylized, like martial arts fights, like with her. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very quirky movie. I can't really totally explain it. But the one thing I'll say is like, there's a twist in this movie that's very bizarre and like you won't see it coming i don't want to give it away because it's like um it would be the main reason i would recommend this movie to people like overall like like this isn't anywhere as good as the creator but it's definitely like i think worth watching it's 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 a it's a very quirky movie it is legitimately funny in spots but just the weirdness of it and that twist that i don't want to give away um uh I, I would recommend people watch it. It's it's unique. Okay. Um and then finally, just today on HBO Max, I watched another one of those like um 
DC like animated films. Uh, this one's called Justice League War World. Man, they're um, pumping those DC movies out. There's yeah, they so make a lot of them. Content. Yeah, and to be honest, a lot of them are mid. A lot of them aren't like great. Um, okay. and, and this is one of those that I would say it's not a must watch. It's kind of a weird one because you start off and you don't really know what's happening. And it, it, they basically created this framework to tell a bunch of like, kind of like elseworldly type stories. Like, so the first one you got wonder woman is in the wild west and you're like, how did she get here? Like what's going on? And then it transitions to a story where we're like, Batman is kind of like, uh, in a Conan, the barbarian type story. Uh, um, with a character called Warlord that's in DC Comics. And then it transitions to this kind of like black and white, like Superman as Clark Kent is like a government agent, like investigating like a um, uh, a UFO sighting type of thing. And you're like, again, it's kind of like, what's going on? And then you find out that they've all been kind of like uh, um, forced into these uh, uh, illusions. They're actually on... Uh, war world which is like this moving planet that a villain called mongol controls and then basically in the end there's just like this big fight between them and a bunch of aliens overall overall kind of a yeah just a i don't know not great uh as far as these dc ones like animated films go it's it's probably on the lower scale i would say i don't oh, i don't sucks. really recommend it it's and eh, it's just and eh, it's not very good uh, you know, that sucks because, like, I really liked Flashpoint, and I wish they would make, like, great content like that, you know? like Yeah, Flashpoint was a good one. Yeah, I think Dark Side War wasn't bad either. Yeah, that one was okay as well. Or, yeah. yeah, it was either Dark Side War or Apocalypse War, one of those, yeah. Um, okay, that one yeah. was decent. Um, some of the Batman ones are good. Like, um, I thought the Dark Knight uh, two-part adaptation was pretty good, or Dark Knight okay. Returns. And then also, I think my favorite one is uh, Batman Under the Red Hood, which tells the story of, you know, Jason Todd coming back to life and all that. That Red one's Hood, pretty right? good. Yeah, Red Hood. Red. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of them that are just either mid or kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It's still better than uh, Marvel's animated stuff, man. This is just kind of whack. Yeah, I agree. It's It's weird because, you know, Marvel has access to their animation studios, which have traditionally made very good stuff mm-hmm. they even got pixar if they maybe ever wanted to do well i'm sure pixar doesn't want to do a marvel <laughs> property yeah, right, type thing yeah. but but you know they got great animation and um i don't know why they don't really capitalize on those for for more marvel projects you know sony doing great work with the spider-verse movies you know it's surprisingly really good work I, yeah i I think Spider-Verse is the best animated superhero stuff I've seen so far, you know? Like, I didn't give Sony any credit up until that point. I thought Sony was just dropping the ball so badly. I don't know how they hit that out of the park twice, um, but well done, man. It's just creative the way they're doing it. It's very funny. It's clever. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they actually pushed the envelope with that one. Yeah, those movies are fantastic. Um, I was trying to think. Yeah, even, I mean... I am kind of curious of because uh, I I watched the hell out of the X Men cartoon as a kid. Oh, me too. And now Disney is gonna come back with X Men '97, which is like supposed to like basically just pick up on that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm kind of curious about that. Um, you know, a couple months ago when I had Disney, I uh, I watched a couple of those X Men like episodes and like the old ones, the yeah, old, the old ones, and like they're okay. They're okay, um, but I I don't think I could get through. Like I, I somewhere in my head, I was like, well, maybe I'll watch them all in the lead up to like the reboot. But I probably never will get back. I'm to sure it. I, just... I would feel the same way as you, dude. Like I, I have a nostalgic, like you know, old Spider Man and old X Men. I used to love them both, but I know if I went back and watched them now, I'd be like, oh. Uh... That was my kid brain. <laughs> I, I did watch a couple of Spider Mans because I was curious. Because I was curious of those two. Because yeah, I watched the hell out of those as a kid too. And same thing where I'm like, uh, like it's the ones I watched weren't terrible, but at the same time, it's like I don't know. It's not like Batman the animated series where you can watch as a kid or an adult and be like, wow, this is really something. Right. It is something where you're like, yeah, I would have liked this better when I was a kid. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah. And as an adult, you're like, I can appreciate certain aspects of it, but it's not rocking my world. <laughs> right. Yeah. I will say, though, that X-Men opening theme song still a banger. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> they have to bring it back every time they get a chance. It better be in uh, uh, Deadpool, too. It wouldn't surprise me, man. They they used it a little bit in uh, Multiverse of Madness when yeah. uh, Xavier showed up. Um, Let's see. AJ, do you want to wrap it up early, or do you want to do a story? Oh, let's save the stories, man. I think we had a good uh, review episode today. Yeah, same here. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, like... Um, what the next thing will be that will actually get a review might be because I got to say, I don't really want to do uh Madam. Web. No, I have no idea when that even comes out. <laughs> I, I want to say it's like Valentine's day thereabouts. Oh. But oh, right. Oh, that movie looks so bad. Yeah. I would be shocked, shocked if that movie, like people say it's good. If I could short that movie, I would. <laughs> if you could what? Short that movie, like <laughs> bet against it financially. Oh, right. I would. It'd be a safe bet. I do wonder though, like, because with Sony, like, I think the Venom movies like made money, but like Morbius, I don't think did. And like, I I do wonder like if they lose money on the Sony movies that are coming out this year, like, would Sony then maybe consider like, oh, maybe we should sell the Spider-Man movie rights to to Marvel. Like, I wonder if there's an amount of money they could lose to where they would be like, okay, like, we're not doing this anymore. They would definitely have to, like, separate live-action Spider-Man from, like, animated Spider-Man because, like, one is actually doing well, so... Yeah, I, just, yeah, yeah. live-action. Like, I don't... Legally, I figure there's got to be a way they can do that. But, yeah, I mean, they're doing so good with those Spider-Verse movies. They're not going to give those up. Yeah, and yeah. they're making money hand over fist with the video game, so it would make sense for them to give that up. Right, but, right. I don't know. The live action stuff, boy, it's so bad. It they just we've seen the sneaky tactics studios use to like hold on to characters, you know, like they'll make movies and not even release them just so that they, you know, use that intellectual property at some point so the the license doesn't have to revert back to the original, you know, company. Right. It, I don't know. I I do wish the people who could tell the story are the ones who end up telling the story, you know. But yeah, Madam Web, um, Craven the Hunter, and I want to say, wasn't there a third Sony movie oh, that was Craven maybe the coming out? Oh my god! Uh, just giving money away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with someone like me that legitimately like likes superhero stuff, and and I'm like, boy, I really do not want to watch this. You know, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah, they're they're really scraping the bottom of these. Elite- Look, I don't know how they got their hands on Spider-Man when these are the villains they got to go with him. Like, you would think you'd get, like, the the main bad guys, you know, with Spider-Man. Like, somebody interesting. These these are people nobody's ever heard of. There's no casual fan is going to be like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man versus Kraven the Hunter, you know, or Madam Web or whatever. Like, I don't know. It, it's just not appealing to anybody. Even the most uh, veteran comic book readers are, are not going to be. These are... These are kind of still obscure characters. You know, they're they're either new or they're not really uh, hit comics, you know? I don't know. Or they're just not compelling on their own. Like, some of them, like, the compelling thing was to see, like, Spider-Man interact with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, the thing is, like, if you put them in a movie like this, you have to make them... I guess Madam Web wasn't a villain, but, like, you know, uh, characters like Kraven and, and uh, Venom that were traditionally villains... You have no choice but to basically make them anti-heroes because nobody wants to follow like a straight up villain. And then it's like, well, if you ever did get to the point where you were going to introduce Spider-Man, then like, do people want to act, have Spider-Man like then beat the crap out of these like, like hero or villains that you made quasi heroes out of necessity? You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. It's, it's weird. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember this for sure, but I thought Madam Web was like this very high level character who like controlled like basically like or or managed the web of Spider Man and like the the how they're all tied together and their destinies and stuff like that. Like something she's not along Dakota those lines. Johnson learning this stuff on the fly in the street level character <laughs> who's like yeah yeah. Um, I haven't read like a ton of like her in the comic books. I you know I mostly remember her from the Spider-Man cartoon where she's the old woman version. And yeah, she's like very much like uh, the mythological like fates or whatever. And she can see all these, you know, the webs linking 
past and future and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know there is in the comics, there's like a younger version of her that I think that's what Dakota Johnson's character is more like. But I, I really don't, I'm not familiar with that version of the character at all. So like, I can't really say whether it's good or bad in the comics or not. Um, but I just have no faith in Sony making one of these that doesn't suck. Yeah. I haven't seen much of Dakota Johnson's work. I don't know if she's like a really compelling actress or anything like that. Maybe she can bring it to life. But from what I saw in the trailers, I wasn't excited. Yeah. I, because I, she was in those Fifty Shades of Grey movie, which like, I think most people pan and say those are like pretty terrible. I don't know about her performance in them. I've seen the breakdowns of it. She looks pretty cardboard in those. Like, it, it's pretty, yeah. <laughs> One, um, a few years, like, I don't know, it's probably about a five-year-old movie now at this point, but uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Very good movie. Very, very good movie. Um, she's in there, and, like, I love that movie. Like, her performance is just fine. But, like, that's the only that's the only movie I've seen her in that I, I like, really enjoyed the movie. But, yeah, I don't think I've seen most of her movies, so I can't really judge her too harshly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Tom Holland was a new name, but I think he did a really good job portraying Spider-Man. Yeah, agreed. You know, he was yeah. very expressive. You could feel the emotion. Like the tragic scenes are really tragic because he reacts well. Um, the writing is obviously good, you know, in those movies. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm on the fence. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely pessimistic. That's another thing that disappoints me with these like contract negotiations between Marvel, you know, Disney, Marvel, and Sony. Is that like we haven't seen Tom Holland as Spider Man in forever, like since No yeah. Way Home, and it's like when are we going to get to see another Spider Man movie or you know him even appear? And like by the time he appears, is he going to be a, he? You know he's got to be a college student now because <laughs> he's getting like older. Maybe they're doing that on purpose. I don't know. Like I mean, they're going to make more Spider Man, right? Like they're going to make two more, aren't they? I I honestly don't know uh, what the status of like the Marvel Sony contract is with him. It's you know you would have thought that if Marvel was going to make that agreement, they would have made it rock solid and and know that it was going to last long enough to get what they wanted out of Spider Man. Because um, like where they leave it at, you know, after No Way Home, like it would be kind of unsatisfying if that's the last we ever get of him. Yeah, yeah, no, they definitely got to you know tie up those. Uh those loose ends and like, really, I want to see what, how the conclusion goes with that. I, I wouldn't mind one more movie, you know, I just want to see what happens next. I would like the character. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody, I uh-huh. at some point, like whether it's Marvel or Sony, like somebody's going to make another live action Spider-Man movie. Cause he's too popular of a character not to. Yeah. Let it be Marvel. <laughs> God, I hope so. Uh, I hope so. I've been meaning to ask, uh, have you heard the updates on the King? Um, so all I know is that obviously Disney dropped Jonathan Majors mm-hmm. um, and they drop uh, originally that uh, first Avengers movie was going to be called Kang Dynasty. That apparently is no more. Right now they're just calling it like Avengers 5 or whatever. From what I understand, it's most likely um, the conjecture is that what was going to be the Kang Dynasty now, now will will probably be like um, Secret Wars, like part one and then a Secret Wars part two or something like that. Like maybe it won't be called part one and part two, but um, it does seem like they're probably going to pivot to um, Dr. Doom and uh, drop the Kang character rather than recasting. I don't think they've totally decided, but some of the movie podcasts and stuff I listen to, it, it seems like, um, yeah, they might just be pivoting away from Kang, which I don't know, kind of disappointment disappointing to me but well i mean i i've heard uh that coleman domingo is being thought of i don't know who's you know circling this right i from what i understand it's somewhat reliable source i actually uh, did see that headline as well and i'm not familiar with him as an actor but um he was in selma um i don't know what else he was in let me see he was in another show too he played like a villain in another show uh from what i understand he's a good actor I saw him. He's a he's a big jack dude. He's like twenty years older than uh, uh, Jonathan Majors, but that could be like a future version of Kang, you know? Yeah. So I I really don't want them to abandon this whole Kang storyline. I I think they've done a great job laying out the groundwork, and uh, there's so much potential there, and a lot of people are already invested. And you know, as much as I I wanted them to stick with Jonathan Majors, this guy looks. I mean, he looks great. He looks like he's got the acting chops. You know, like I would love to see them move forward with somebody else. Yeah. Um... 
that that would be my preference. And like I've heard a lot of people say, like, well, they basically you can consider the end of Loki a wrap on that character or another thing. I'm like, yeah, I guess technically you can, but like remember Quantumania, even though it like wasn't a great movie, like there's that whole scene at the end where like Paul Rudd's like thinking in his head and he's like, I forget exactly what he's like, but it's like, oh, what if I miss something and like that guy is coming back or whatever, you know? And they kind of set up this sense of dread, like something is coming. And it's like, just Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, and that was all handled in Loki and it's fun. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's anticlimactic to me and disappointing. Um, Like, and yeah, it's like, it's definitely a character you can recast. So like, I hope they do, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if they just pivoted away. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, AJ, um, I think that'll do it for our show today. It was good talking about Echo and all these TV shows we've been uh, watching. Um, but anyway, everybody, please follow us both on the YouTube channel, and you can follow us in audio form on your podcast catcher of choice. Leave us thumbs up, uh, post comments, uh, positive reviews, all that good stuff. If you like, you can file, follow me over on Twitter slash X at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that'll do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care.